Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today we look at whether we should follow God's laws or man's laws when it comes to work and home. But first, as Russia moves across borders, David Bay and James Collins look at what could possibly trigger World War III. The Lord Jesus Christ said that one of the signs of the end of this age would be wars and rumors of wars. And it certainly seems like we're seeing that today. The Russians are in Ukraine. ISIS is rising again in Iraq. Iran wants to wipe Israel off the map. And it's difficult to forget the recent fiasco in Afghanistan. Could the world be on the brink of World War III? My guest today knows something about World War III. He is David Bay, the director of Cutting Edge Ministries. David has produced a fantastic teaching DVD titled World War III, History's Greatest Lynchpin Event. David, welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, David, over the years, you've been a frequent guest and a friend to this ministry, but there may be someone listening who is not familiar with you. So would you take a moment and share your testimony? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Oh, wow. That takes me back a few years. I was eight years old when I responded to, to an altar call at our local church in Little Hunter, Colorado, and became gloriously saved. Well, praise God. Eight years old, you've, you've been a Christian a long time then. Oh, yeah. You know, praise the Lord. It's just all His grace and glory. Well, tell me, David, about Cutting Edge Ministries. How did that ministry begin? Well, I read a book called Hidden Faith of the Founding Fathers. No, that's not it. Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. <laughs> there you go. Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow Constance by Cumbie. Constance Cumbie. Right. And she, she was talking about the dangers inherent in the, the New Age movement. She got me interested in this. She, she made a statement. She says, all of the plans for the New Age Christ fulfills Bible prophecy. And that got me started. And the Lord opened up doors of opportunity for me to understanding. And by 19, 1996, I was ready to go on the Internet with articles about how the world is progressing toward the New World Order according to Bible prophecy. And that's what we are driven by the news. We say that you'll never look at the news the same way again. Well, Cutting Edge Ministries is well-known, or is well-known, for producing fantastic teaching DVDs, and you have produced a timely teaching DVD titled World War III, History's Greatest Lynchpin Event. Now, you start the DVD by discussing two events that have come to mean the same thing to many people, Armageddon and World War III. But there is a difference in those two events. So let's start with Armageddon. What is Armageddon, David? Armageddon is when Jesus Christ returns at the end of the seven-year tribulation and personally destroys the army surrounding Jerusalem and sets up his millennial kingdom. The World War III is an event, you know, is a war that will trigger the coming of Antichrist on the world scene. The World War III then would predate the Armageddon by at least seven years and probably more. Well, you state that the Antichrist will be produced by World War III. How so? There is still too much stability in the world today in military terms and in economic terms. It must be overthrown. And World War III will produce the forces that will overthrow the entire world system from soup to nuts. 
we identified 13 different events that are scheduled to unfold immediately after World War III begins. When these 13 events are unfolded after World War III, the people of the world will be begging for an Antichrist-type figure. The DVD is called World War III, History's Greatest Lynchpin Event, because the Antichrist will not rise until the linchpin of World War III is pulled. Now, David, I was raised on a farm, so I'm familiar with a linchpin, but for those who are not, what exactly is a linchpin? It's a device that functions to release several things attached to it, release them instantly, release them at once. It's a fastener. It's designed where you can pull it and everything attached to it releases. So by pulling the linchpin the, of World War III, when World War III occurs and pulls that linchpin, the Antichrist, all the factors will be there for the Antichrist to rise to power. Yeah, I mean, famines, earthquakes, wars will continue, of course. Nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. False Messiah will come at the end. That's Antichrist. The economies of the world will, will collapse and buckle as this war spreads. The ten nations will... Daniel said that the nations of the world will be reorganized into ten uh, at the end of the age. That plan was publicized in 1972 in a New Age book, but it's progressing very slowly. World War III will, will give it the impetus. And that's interesting uh, in that regard. Russia is given the authority over all of the former Soviet Union countries, and she can't pull in Ukraine. Ukraine is refusing to go back under Russian control, that's why you we're going to have this war. Well, in 1870, before there ever was a world war, there was a man named Albert Pike who was told by demonic spirits that there would be three world wars. Yes. Who was Al- already occurred? Yes. Exactly as he, the demonic dream, told Albert Pike would, and, and the third one stated that it would begin between Israel and the Arab nations and then would spread out to include the whole world. They've been at a hair trigger for years in the Middle East. Who exactly was Albert Pike? Albert Pike was a um, a former Confederate general. He was a co-founder of the KKK after the Civil War, and he's the top Freemason in the world. He completely rewrote Freemasonry, the rituals and the many of the doctrines, completely re- rewrote the whole system. So where it now has been functioning as the number one power in the world to produce the Masonic Christ, whom the Bible will call Antichrist. The significance of these three demonic visions that he had about the three wars are important, aren't they? Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, God has always allowed the, the demonic entities to have have limited foreknowledge. There are elements of the plan that have been, you know, that were introduced to the Masonic or other occult leaders years and years and years before they actually began to happen. And this is one of the most startling cases. Anyway, I was going to point out, too, that in the year that Adolf Hitler was born, a demonic, powerful demonic leader of the secret society in Europe called the Tool Society, was told by his guiding spirit that the Christ had been born, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't look like you would expect him to look like. He will even have a small mustache. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and there was a, I mean, you were talking about Adolf, who's 
I was only days old. <laughs> God does allow some foreknowledge of world events, you know, on the part of the demons. I'm talking today with David Bay. We're talking about this excellent teaching DVD titled World War III, History's Greatest Lynchpin Event. And you can order a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. David, in Matthew 24, Jesus speaks about birth pangs at the end of this age. Now, that means the signs of the end will increase in frequency and intensity. But you also see two births in the birth pangs. What are those births? Well, the first birth has got to be Israel. Mm -hmm. Because in verse 15 of that chapter, Jesus is suddenly foretelling of this this entity, which, which is Antichrist, of walking into the temple in Israel and profaning it. The first baby has to be Israel coming back to the land, and the second baby has to be Antichrist. Well, we know from the book of Daniel that the Antichrist will desecrate the temple halfway through that seven-year tribulation period. So there has to be a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem someday, correct? Right, and that means that there has to be a a return of Israel to the land. So we have seen the return of Israel to the land in 1948, and we've seen Israel, priestly forces in Israel, that have recreated supposedly all of the implements needed in temple worship, the old sacrificial system. Right. An entire cadre of priests have been trained on how to on how to perform priestly sacrifice. So uh, it is coming to an end. I mean, it's coming down just as the Bible foretold. I've been to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem, and I have seen that they have prepared just everything. As you said, they're ready to go as soon as they have that temple in place. In fact, my understanding is they can go up with sort of like a tabernacle, a tent, and, and in the meantime, while the temple is being prepared, and start right. almost almost right away. Now, David, the future temple is very important in Freemasonry. Would you explain oh, yeah. the significance of the temple to the Freemasons? Well, the, the temple to the Freemasons is a, is a spiritual temple, as well as a physical temple. It is an edifice to their dedicated to their their New Age Christ, uh, and, and they said they said that without the temple being rebuilt, without the third temple being rebuilt, Freemasonry will will wither and die and blow away. They must rebuild this temple according to, to their doctrine. And it's amazing to me that that of of all of the events which have transpired since Israel came back to the land, the Arabs have never understood. That global Freemasonry is against them. It's difficult for me to understand how a Christian could belong to the Freemason society. Don't you think those people are really deceived? They are really deceived. We've got a a DVD out, but we we haven't sold very many of them, but we've just really, I think it's one of the best we've ever done. It's called Masons in the Pulpit. Mm. What happens when a church allows a Freemason to go into the pulpit? And it's amazing, <laughs> when we started looking at the spiritual ramifications of this thing, it's amazing how quickly cursed a church can be if they allow that to happen. Well, now, I want to go back and talk a little more about the Freemasonry and the temple. Freemasonry, you stated, considers rebuilding the temple as a do-or-die project. That, right. Uh, go ahead. No, that's exactly right. It's a do-or-die project. If they don't carry it out, they will quickly die as a global force. 
And, and I'm telling you, they're not going to let that happen. Now, I understand from your DVD that there's a higher class of Masons who give different meanings to the temple. What is that all about? Freemasonry has always had several layers of interpretation given to their, to their symbols and to their doctrines. If you are unhappy with a certain symbol, you go to a Masonic leader and ask him about it, and he will give you an answer based upon where he thinks you are spiritually. If you are a born-again Christian and he knows it, he will give you an answer that will glorify Jesus. He will not tell you that Freemasons at a higher level praise Lucifer by name. Mm, that's scary. He won't quote the book, the Masonic book that says when a Mason achieves you know, mastery, he will have the, the seizing energies of Lucifer in his hands. He won't quote that. He'll quote a really benign quote from lower down in the, in the ranking that will glorify Jesus. You know, it's just, it's been called the greatest smoke and mirrors organization on earth. And they're very difficult to pin down. I, I got a hold of, uh, of, of a number of the uh, old, old Masonic books that were written, you know, 100, 150, 200 years ago. I got a hold of them at a series of uh, garage sales in, you know, when I was in, living in Massachusetts. Because Massachusetts, that whole Massachusetts, Rhode Island, boy, they're all heavily Masonic in their history. And these books suddenly became available on in these garage sales. I snapped them up. And then I began to read them. <laughs> and lo and behold, I saw all these quotes, and what they really believe, morals and dogma. I, I really encourage someone to get Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike and read the darn thing. Because you'll see that there's no way in the world that Freemasonry can be Christian. Mm. No way. Their Christ is the Christ of the, that the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted, a king. They're going to produce a king. After 2,000 years of trying, they're going to produce a king. The Bible will call him Antichrist. David, we were talking about the birth pangs at the end of this age, and when it comes to war, we see those birth pangs in particular increasing in frequency and intensity almost daily. Is the yeah. stage being set for World War III? The stage has been set for World War III for a generation, for a good 25, 30 years. Ever since World War II, the stage has been steadily steadily set more and more and more for the birth pangs to be realized. One of the birth pangs that very few people realized up until a few years back when, when China began to, re to make it really obnoxious is the Chinese communist invasion of Taiwan. The Illuminati promised them that in 1954. China, you know, China's been building, building, building. I think, I think what you're going to have is you're going to have Russia invade the Ukraine, and very soon after that, China's going to invade Taiwan. So the United States is going to have two major, sophisticated, powerful militaries at once, facing them at once. Wow. And we just, and we, thanks to the Democrat Party, we have had, we've had the most inept, incompetent, bumbling president and vice president ever elected. Well, David, so the bottom line is the elites of the world have prepared all these different scenarios to usher in World War III in order to bring about the rise of the Antichrist, correct? That is exactly right. I couldn't have put it better myself. Well, David, we know that the seven-year tribulation will bring about the 
absolute worst wars and conflicts in the history of the planet. Now, those of us who believe in the pre-tribulation rapture are often accused of being escapists. Now, it's true that we'll be raptured before the tribulations. Christians will still have to endure some of the birth pangs, correct? Well, we've been in the birth pangs for some time now. Yeah, but yes, I think so. The, remember, the, the one event in, you know, that starts the seven-year tribulation clock ticking is, is found in Daniel 9.27 when the Antichrist confirms the covenant with the many religious leaders in Israel. That is a very specific event. I mean, until that happens, the seven-year tribulation hasn't started. So we could, the church could be, be here right up till that point, which means we have World War III to go through and, uh, and uh, intensified events like famine and, and pestilence and that kind of thing. So it's, it's uh, more wars and rumors of wars. It's going to get just, you know, all of the, all of the, the countries which are now electing leaders will be overthrown by World War III. Every leader of every nation that elects a leader, that still elects their leaders, will be overthrown. That country's leaders will, will use World War III as the excuse to, to establish an absolute dictatorship. We, could, we saw the other day that, that Biden extended the mask mandate indefinitely so that it even though, it, you know, even though it's been shown to be ineffective for two years and it, it's uh, being dropped by many countries and, and, you know, around the world. Nevertheless, he, is, um, he just extended that mandate. Now, there's one, there's one thing that, uh, that we need to, to understand, too, here, is that the, the Democrats don't care about elections anymore. Mm-hmm. They stole the last one, and they're, going to, they're, they're planning on work, using World War III as an excuse to completely overthrow our system. So, I, you know, it's been quite a while. It's been over a year since I have posted on my daily news updates any news about polls or elections. Well, I don't think they're going to happen anymore. I mean, maybe some of the, I, I think by the end of this year, before the midterm elections, we're going to have, the, we're going to have our beloved Constitution overturned and all of our rights extinguished. And we will be living under a, uh, a dictatorship. And many, many, if not most, of the American people will be so scared out of their minds that they will welcome such such a, a type of dictatorship. But of course, the protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion says that they will, that the people will put up with, with the loss of their freedoms because their leaders are constantly telling them that they're going to get them all back once the enemies of peace and safety have been extinguished. <laughs> I don't know exactly when the rapture of the church is going to occur. I just know that it's, it could, it could wait until the, until the pen of Antichrist is about ready to sign his name on that covenant. It could be that far into it. Well, unfortunately, David, we're out of time. My guest today has been David Bay. We've been talking about his teaching DVD titled World War III, History's Greatest Lynchpin Event. And you can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. David, Thanks for your time. I appreciate your ministry, and I hope that you'll come back soon. Okay. Stay
Stay informed about what is happening with Russia and its impact on the world and Bible prophecy. Order the DVD, World War III, and the book, Russia Rising. Both resources can be yours when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. Should we follow God's laws or man's laws at work and at home? Marvin McIlvaney answers this question on today's Bible in the News Report. Should we obey God's law or man's law? The Bible tells us to do both, but is that a contradiction? We read in Acts 5.29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We also read in Romans 13.1, For let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And again in 1 Peter 2.13, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. The simple answer is that Christians are to obey man's law, except where man's law violates God's law. Our supreme duty is to obey God. A Michigan high school student who was allegedly suspended for calling homosexuality a sin and for failing to report his classmates' inappropriate jokes filed a federal lawsuit claiming the school's actions violated his constitutional rights. David Stout, a junior at Plainwell High School in Plainwell, Michigan, was suspended for three days last fall for allegedly violating the school's bullying policy. Stout, though, says he was only humbly stating his Christian beliefs and that the conversation was private. Stout is a member of the football team and the band. The Great Lakes Justice Center is representing the family. My clients' religious free speech and beliefs should be treated with tolerance and respect, said David Coleman, senior legal counsel with the Great Lakes Justice Center. Public schools may not violate the Constitution and enforce a heckler's veto of student speech. Nothing David did caused any disruption or problem at the school. He has the right to express his opinion in accordance with his sincerely held religious beliefs, without vilification or punishment from the government. The controversy began in 2021 when Stout was involved in an off-campus text conversation with a friend who asked him his thoughts about a classmate being gay. The plaintiff stated that the Bible teaches that homosexual conduct is a sin and in the Christian context that God created only two biological genders, man and woman, the lawsuit says. The plaintiff stated that while homosexual conduct is a sin, however, everyone is a sinner due to free will choices, and he would pray for them to repent and follow Jesus. He also shared that he would extend love toward them because God commands it, as Jesus died on the cross for them and extends his love toward them, and all they have to do is accept it. Stout's friend was offended by his beliefs and eventually ended the conversation. That conversation and an incident at band camp formed the basis of the school's suspension, the lawsuit says. The band camp episode took place in July 2021 when two freshman band members began telling inappropriate and immature racial and homophobic jokes loud enough for all to hear. 
Stout chuckled at the first joke, after which he politely but firmly stated that they needed to stop. When they continued, according to the lawsuit, he said, Enough, you need to stop. School officials blame Stout for the jokes because he is a section leader, the lawsuit says. Meanwhile, the band director allegedly told Stout he must stop all further conversations regarding his religious beliefs with other students because if any student overheard them, they might feel offended and unsafe, the suit says. Stout is asking the court to declare the school's actions unconstitutional and order the school to clear his record. He had never been disciplined, suspended, or expelled before the incident, the lawsuit says. The plaintiff's private texts and chat messages and conversations voicing his personal and religious opinions on homosexual conduct were rooted in historic religious doctrine, the lawsuit says. The plaintiff is a Christian and adheres to the teachings of the Bible and is morally bound to follow the universal, consistent moral teaching of the Christian faith. Further, the plaintiff finds his dignity and personal identity in the exercise of his sincerely held Christian religious beliefs. Tolerance is a two-way street. David is entitled to properly express his faith and beliefs without being disciplined and suspended by Plainwell schools. We trust the court will uphold David's constitutional rights and his school record will be cleared. Should we follow God's law or man's law? The Welsh government has suggested people call 999 if they see a child being smacked. The new legislation will see a blanket ban on all forms of physical discipline against children, a move that has sparked concern from the group, the Christian Institute. The organization has campaigned against the changes, stating that the new law will criminalize good, decent, loving parents. They're also concerned that an increase in calls regarding reasonable chastisement could mean services are overstretched and therefore unable to help children being genuinely abused. Syrian Kelly from the Christian Institute said, The Welsh government has said that people should call 999 if they see a parent smacking their child. And no, we're not talking about hitting or beating. We're talking about the kind of thing that ordinary parents have done for generations, which is a sharp tap on the back of the hand or on the back of the legs, that sort of thing. A recent survey in Wales said that 85% of people had experienced what was called reasonable chastisement from their parents. And I think everyone would agree that 85% of the population are not abused and that 85% of their parents are not abusers. So we've got a real concern that this is an example of the state reaching into families, not just Christian families, but all families, and saying, we know how to parent your child better than you do. And we think that's fundamentally wrong. So where does it stop? Will children call 999 when they're grounded? We're certainly not saying that people should beat their children, but we read in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Should we obey God's law or man's law? Thank you, my friends, for your prayers and financial support. It's because of you that we are able to bring clarity to the chaos each day right here on Watchmen on the Wall. Don't forget to order the DVD, World War III, and the book by Mark Hitchcock, 
Russia Rising. Both resources can be yours when you call 1-800-652-1144. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.